Hello, you're tuned in to The Witch Wavelength, that magical vibe in the form of music, ideas and practices, creations and conversations, all about living a magical life. I'm Sheena Cundy, author, songwriter and Essex witch. <laughs> and I'm Mr. C. Um, I'm ever to try. What, what, <laughs> if you say what number are we up to, it's what number podcast. I think we're up to 17, but this must have been about the 17th. Have you just this, taken some drugs? This must be this, about the 17th <laughs> intro take at the moment. So um, it's like, oh, it's just horrible when you get the giggle, fit of the giggles, isn't it? <laughs> Looking at each other, trying to record this. Yeah, I mean... We should do it in separate rooms. Oh, I think we need to, don't we? <laughs> we need a big screen in front of us or something like that. Well, so um, we can't see each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who have we got on today, Sheena? I think it's, I think we've got a great guest on we today on the podcast. <laughs> Excuse me, it's episode number seventeen. Uh-huh. We have as our guest today, Mister Ash Mandrake mm. from Manchester. Wow, yeah, up north, up north, and Ash is a. How would you describe Ash? He's a modern day bard, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. He's a bit of everything, really. Oh, my God. Um, He's a man of many talents. I mean, coming from sort of me being, uh, you know, uh, a musician and sort of playing and that, I I really sort of admire his um, his string playing skills you know there's ingenuity and the way he sort of weaves everything sort of in or in and around everything else you know is uh, yeah i mean how would you describe his live show Uh, (laughs) i don't know it's it's just it could could be mad it could be you know very intense but an ash mandrake live show you'll see hats because he's a wonderful craftsman of all these mad magical hats he uses reclaimed leather they're amazing yeah so you'll see hats you'll hear stories um there's a lot of comedy involved yeah i think and there's Audience loop, participation Audience well. participation. Yeah. Loop machines. That's right. I mean, yeah, he plays with these loop machines and there's like, he produces these sound, live soundscapes, I think you'd call them, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got all kinds of different guitars that he makes. I think some he makes himself. He's got a, um, a double neck guitar. Hasn't he? Double or treble or quadruple, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now, what 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 category would you put him in? Would you put him in? Can can we pigeonhole Ash? No, no, no. I don't, I don't like think we can. I don't think you can pigeonhole anybody who sort of um, expresses themselves so originally. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, it's a great conversation. He had me laughing and um yeah, I think I think you're going to enjoy it, listeners. So um here's me chatting to Ashman Drake in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks ever so much for joining me, Ash, in the um in the Witch Wave Lent studio. But you're not in the studio, and although you are on a screen in front of me, but you're, yes. you're somewhere in where? Where are you? The ether. I'm in the ether. <laughs> I'm in my caravan. I'm in my yeah. caravan, which is inside my workspace. Oh, okay. Okay. And what part of the country is that, roughly? It's in the north. In the north. Up north. Yeah, quite a long way up north. It's, up it's north. north of Manchester. Oh, are you in Manchester? But I'm a manca originally. I'm a manca oh, right. originally. Okay. 
I've come back to somewhere close to my original beginnings. Yeah, we're obviously we're both musicians, so yeah. that's where we kind of, you know, we've got lots of similarity. I've really, really been looking forward to this chat because um, although I've known you for quite a while, quite a few years, we've played on the same lineups, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Here and there. Um, but we've never really had a good chat. So so I've been looking forward to this. So, Ash, so this is the Witch Wavelength. So I know that you're not, you don't call yourself a pagan. Yeah. Um, what do you call yourself? I mean, have you got any particular sort of spiritual path that you that you follow or any kind of set of beliefs? What's I was brought, brought up Roman Catholic. I'm um, very, very lapsed. Um, and um, in fact, I, I don't um, follow any religion at the moment. Right. Um, but if I feel an affinity with anything, um, it would probably be something shamanistic. Okay. Um, I don't spend enough time in woodland and uh, in nature. I spend more time in it now than I did before because during the lockdown, I walked my dog through the woods in the night because I, I started... Um, I had shifted to night shift um, through the lockdown, worked through the night a lot, and then I'm just going to turn this off. And then um, basically, um, I just, um, sorry. Um, That's all right, don't worry. So I, and I realised uh, that I wanted to get uh, connected with trees and nature and woods again. So if I were to explore anything, it would probably be something shamanistic. Yeah, so you feel that kind of resonates, that feels more natural to you um, than it's so it'd be like a nature based path, really. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a deep focus, I can fall into a deep focus. Yeah, um, I haven't done lots of meditation or yoga or anything like that. I did do some martial arts stuff, I did a lot of athletics as a kid. Um, when I did the martial arts stuff, I used to like uh. Uh, sinking into a stance and just being present in the moment and um, when I perform um, sometimes I do that I'll yeah. sink into the focus in yeah. a way which is similar to what I used to do in the stances and um, when I go into that focus um, I feel that um, uh, things happen which yeah. um, I find interesting and which help me connect with the audience I think that sounds really shamanistic anyway, because I think traditionally shamans would um, alter their state of consciousness by, um, you know, ecstatic dance or, you know, power singing. So right. they're using music, they're using, you know, percussion or yeah. or anything which, you know, just gets you going. You know, gets yeah. you, gets the body, the mind, body, and soul moving. Mm. Um, and I, I'm like you. I find music that channel for me. That that's that's what gets me in the zone. You know, yeah. in that creative zone. So, so talking. Okay. So, so talking about your your music. When did when did music? You know, started start magically appearing in your life. <laughs> I like singing as a kid. Um, my mum sings and we yeah. used to we used to have jams and uh, we just sing together and um in fact sometimes we do it now so oh brilliant um, and uh, it's really fun and she's really she's pitch perfect uh, um I'm, with relative pitch she's pitch perfect in the way she sings and um rhythmically we just really connect 
with it. And I can do that with my daughter as well. And um, so that that's, uh, was a part of my gran, my grandmother on my dad's side, Polish side, um, she was a composer and playwright, um, uh, an amateur uh, composer and playwright. And um, she uh, ran school in New Zealand for the Polish kids when they were there after the war. Um, and uh, she uh, put plays on there and she wrote plays on there, put um, productions on. Um, so she tried to get me to learn piano. I didn't do that well, at it, actually. Um, I got a guitar when I was 14 and um, uh, gradually connected with that original spark of enjoyment and joyfulness of singing and having fun. Yeah. Um, but that... that um, came by degrees um, and only properly at the age of 40 when I stopped boozing and started um, <laughs> and, and turned to music originally for catharsis. And, and then um, as I was uh, getting up in open mics, I found I, I can be a bit irreverent. And I found that some of the focus on the acoustic scene of very... Uh, great seriousness and everything it, I had to kick against it so I used to I started busting out of a song halfway through and doing a little theatrical performance that would make everybody go WTF you know and um, so there's a, a sense of mischief in it and playfulness um, and surprise and a bit of surrealism because I've always been a bit of a surrealist I think as well yeah, because you did, up until that point, well, you were playing in sort of bands and things, weren't you? You were playing in rock bands, were you? Um, well, no, I, was, I did other stuff before I, um, I became a musician properly at 14, at uh, 40. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, sort of, uh, I did a lot of academic stuff and um, worked as an English teacher for about 14 years. And um, then also I studied um, science and stuff, went back and did some more science, but never worked with it. Um, did all sorts of different jobs in between as well, you know, like moving between sort of relationships changing, living situations changing, courses, moving around. Moving. I've lived in more than 40 places before I was 30. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> in um, this country or were you uh, abroad at any time? I was abroad in Brazil for two years, Sweden for six months, Germany for three months working and living. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that was just doing the jobs that you just mentioned. So that wasn't to do with music at all. It, when, when I travelled, um, I, I wouldn't say that I actually travelled outside this country. I went there and I worked there and worked yeah. really hard with my English teaching. Oh, okay. It's a bit like me, really. I I travelled quite to quite a few countries, but I I worked in those countries like yeah. like you. Yeah, I went out there to work as it's opposed different. to just bum around. It's different to meandering, isn't it? It is very different. It yeah. is very different. Um, okay, so you say that your your musical career then started at forty. Yeah. Um, is that and that's when you started to explore the whole sort of um, because really you're a bard, aren't you, Ash? You are a bard. You're I've a traveller. I've got affinity with um, the bard, the jester, and the minstrel. Yeah. Notions of my own notions of because I, I am. I haven't read into any of them a lot, um, and it's uh, their flavours. I think um, with um, with genres in music too, 
you've got, I've, I might have a memory of, uh, for example, in the film Zulu, where you've got um, the Zulu chanting and the, and the choral singing. That went into my mind. Um, and if I, when I get a loop machine out and I start doing something, uh, it can some, occasionally have a bit of an African feel to it and often a bit of a Zulu feel to it. Um, and it's, but it's not a copy of that. It's a flavour of it. Yeah. And it's the same with the medieval. When I uh, do something on the loop machine, but primarily my first go-to place is my voice. I've got yes. more control over my voice than I have over my fingers on a guitar neck because I didn't learn all. I, I didn't get schooled as a kid, you know, like you know, violinists do. They start off really early and they develop all these incredible abilities with fast runs and yeah. Um, somebody trains them to use their hands properly so they won't get all fumbly later on or, or end up with injuries and stuff like that. Well, I didn't do any of that. So um, the voice the voice is a thing I can control more than anything. So when I get a loop machine, that's what I build with. And genres come out and they're flavours of things um, that I may have heard in the past. The process I have can go in all sorts of different directions and there are many different elements to it but one thing that you have just talked about or that you are talking about at the moment is something that resonates very strongly with me because categorizing our music i've always found it really difficult you yeah. know to pigeonhole what we do yeah and what we do is you know you could say oh well it's acoustic folk it's acoustic contemporary folk okay yeah but um you know, I'm a bit like you. I like, I, I get very bored if I'm just doing one type, if it's up tempo all the time, or if it's just ballads all the time, then, you know, there has to be light and shade. There has to be a diversification of sound, you know, otherwise yeah. I just get bored. So yeah. I like to bring in different influences. Well, I don't, it's not that I do it consciously. I do it very subconsciously, which mm. is um, what I'm sure you do. It's just influences what you've experienced, isn't it, really? Yeah. So got... I'm really interested in what your influences have been from the past and what they still are. What, what influences your, your music? Everything I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> really, literally. But, I mean, if I, if I pick stuff that I really have loved and listened to a lot it's been hendrix when i was swinging a bottle and dancing in a, in a circle of trees with headphones <laughs> on and going for it um because hendrix puts me my head in a in a completely different space i think um i think it does something to the neurons and the um and the transmitters in your brain when you listen to hendrix that uh, something that doesn't happen with some other kinds of music um mm. That's my experience with it. I, I like uh, listening to Kate Bush. I uh, listen to a lot of Pink Floyd. I listen to a lot of King Crimson uh, on a, a, loop, a, a tape. People made me tape mixes in the days when people used to um, copy stuff onto tape and give you, say, listen to that, mate, have a bit of that. And they'd put all these interests. Some people were brilliant at putting collections together that would just intrigue you and, and be really uh, sometimes funny and sometimes sad and everything. And I, um, so that's... Uh, so some of the things, I wouldn't be able to put the name on some of the things that I've loved, some of the tracks I've loved. Yeah. But um, I think we're eclectic. Uh, our minds, most people's minds, um, we, we, we um, range through emotions um, and 
most people will probably like more than one genre. I think it's a bit strange if somebody only likes one genre. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I tell you what, one of the songs that we're going to play in a minute of yours, um, when I listened to that, it reminded me of one of my favourite and greatest influences of music in my life, which was Roy Harper. Oh, right. I haven't listened to much Roy Harper. It sounds very much like Roy Harper, your Yuletide song. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Some people have told me... uh, there's a similarity with Roy Harper before, and I have oh. people have said that to me, but I yeah. haven't listened to much. I've listened to a little bit, and some yeah. of it was really funny. And I think it was a time when he was on stage, and he was—I don't know—he he had been taking something. And it was yeah. <laughs> he was always taking. <laughs> I mean, I've seen him a few times. I, I mean, the first time I saw him was over twenty years ago, twenty-five, yeah. thirty years ago. And um, he'd always have a you know nice big fat cigarette on the end of his guitar. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's still playing now and he's in his 80s now. Wow, it's um, brilliant. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It should be. I, I don't know if he's still. Yeah, but his, his son as well, Nick Harper, is, is a brilliant musician. Yeah, I've heard um, of musician. Yeah. 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 So um, incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's play that track now, shall we? Um, okay. Can you tell, tell us more, a little bit more about that? How did that come to be? The story behind it is that I... I've spent quite a bit of time with some people in a particular town up in the north. Um, A group of friends um, who bought a lot of my hats um, and kept me going through one of the winters when I was up here, actually, when I'd just come off the road. Um, Because I I got a bit tired being on the road and I needed a rest. I came off and I didn't have many gigs at the time. And um, they all wanted one of my hats. And then sometimes some of them wanted three or four of my hats. So I spent a lot of time making hats from. And um, there's this lovely uh, community feel there, uh, which I was very, very happy to mix in with. I, just as an aside, I've found little pockets of humanity all over the country doing what I've been doing. Um, and I can tie other stuff into this later because you wanted to ask me about um, connections with magic and stuff and that there is a connection there. But I'll come back to that. But um, uh, my understanding of it anyway. So um, featured in this song are um, the people in that space, in that place. And it's the feeling of the people in that place. So um, it starts off, it's, a, it's actually a Christmas song um, with images of, some people don't like the idea of Christmas or the ne- the word Christmas. Um it's um, a song about that time of year. Um, it starts off, uh, the crows have left the village square, the snow began to stick, the sparkly brights were hanging bold, the moonlight blanket thick. So it sets the scene, it's a, a Christmassy kind of setting. Um, the breath of love is warm. It melts the cold away on the day that we are born. Oh, I know. I love those lyrics. Yeah, I I was very pleased with that. I felt it had some power in it. Yeah, really um, profound. And uh, something. What I found with that song is when I perform it live, it um, I found a new way of connecting with people. Um, it happened uh, recently with another song which preceded that one, 
called The Rainbow Song. And what happened was I got used to singing, looking at the audience. So the guitar part is, uh, I'm pleased with it. It's not complex. It's simple to play for me. No, it's very simple. It's lovely, though. And, yeah, I'm pleased with it. But it's easy for me to play, so I don't need yeah. to look at the keyboard. I don't need to look at the fingerboard. So you can give um, your attention to the audience. So give, and what I've learned to do with that song is sing it so gently. And I've, I've been singing in a different way through using the guitar that features in that song. It's called a trez. I call it a trez. I can talk more about it later if you want. Um, but there's a gentleness that's been coming into my songwriting while using my trez guitars. Mm. Um, so looking at the audience, delivering those powerful words and looking around the audience and watching them and seeing how those words can actually relax people, make them contemplate, contemplative in a way that I like, yeah. a way that seems to be making them feel something good or something. There's some positivity in it. There's warmth in it. It connect, it, I think it connects with people on a very basic uh, human commonality level. Yeah, I, I found it, I think it's a very intimate song. Yeah, and, and sometimes that intimacy may take people to places that, that may not always be comfortable for them. Yeah. Um, even though it's a positive thing. Not everybody has experienced that warmth or for some people there may yeah. be complexities in, entangled with that. Yeah. Um, but I've what I found when uh, performing that song, looking at people, is I can see people settle mm. and they'll listen. And mm. the guitar riff is simple, and I can leave it simple. And the guitar riff plays in between the stanzas, and then um, and people wait. You know, lovely, lovely. And, well, let's 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 play that now. So, can yes. you introduce that? Yes. Um, this is called, oh, what's it called? I can't remember. It's called the Yuletide Song. It's called the Yuletide Song. So I think of it as the breath of love is warm. Um, the Yuletide Song, I wrote it um, just before uh, Christmas last year, 2021. The crows had left the village square. The snow began to stick. The sparkly brights were hanging bold. The moonlight blanket thick The breath of love is warm It melts the cold away On the day that we are born All hug the fireplace, say hello with happy licks. Contented now with wagging tails, they chomp their chewy sticks. The breath of love is warm, it melts the cold away on the day that we are born. 
friends find their happy hats and wear them with a grin. They gather round the homely flames and waggle off their chins. The breath of love is warm. It melts the cold away on the day that we are born. snow lights hang in space the moon sinks in the sky the stars have watched us as we sleep while crystals fall and lie the breath of love is warm it melts the cold away on the day that we are born It melts the cold away It melts the cold away On the day that we are born So Ash, your creative process, now this is something that I'm really, as a fellow musician, I'm really interested in. What yeah. comes first? Is it the lyrics or is it the melody or is it the th the idea of a theme? You know, what, what happens or does it differ from song to song? It's very, very different. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and, um, I've got to throw some other things into the mix. Yeah. Before I make the hats. Um, so let's throw hats into the mix. I yeah, let's have some hats. Out of, out of uh, leather, which is in the furniture industry, offcuts, yeah. uh, or reclaimed from jackets and trousers that people, bikers have given me, or settees. Um, so it's all recycled stuff. Well, it's, uh, it, it, well, it would have been waste in the case of the furniture industry, and right. they would have had okay, to, yes. to take yeah. it away. Um, You've reclaimed so, it, yeah. Yeah, and in other cases, it's reclaimed, yeah. Yeah. Um, so hats are in the mix. The loop machine is in the mix. Um, and uh, poetry is in the mix. And then you've got the, the instruments. Um, and sometimes it's story. And, yeah. and one of my songs or pieces, because some, some, some of my pieces are not songs, they're poems or they're, they're poetry over uh, choral texture or other musical soundscapes, um, these can start anyway, it, anywhere. It can start with the hat. I'll make a hat. Yeah. There'll be a nice way that the leather curls over uh, this particular type of leather that has a shine on the on the top of the bend. Um, and I'll go, whoa, I'm going to make a hat out of that. And I'll, I'll do that. I'll get my sewing machine out and I'll start making that. And then this hat will come out and then I'll go, oh, and, and oh, that, room, that makes me think of um, um, a baron and, a, and his missus and all this kind of thing. And that's what I did with one of my songs, Baron Von Petlin is Queen of Universal Dark. It came out of the hat. <laughs> you pulled it out of the hat. 
Yes, it literally came out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another there's another thing, Shade and Flake. I had this. This is on an album I've got called uh, um, Footprints from a Tribal Id, which is probably uh, the most bardic thing I've ever done. Um, and um, there's a centerpiece in that, which is an archetypal um, battle between uh, light and dark, uh, two characters, Shade and Flake. Um, and I made two hats. I made a black hat and I made a white hat. Uh, and I went to sleep feeling really proud of myself and everything because I'd managed to make these two hats and I've put them down. And I woke up in the middle of the night, got them out, got in front of the mirror, put the hats on and out came these poet poems. And these poems came out side by side. And eventually uh, they became the centerpiece of an album, which was, uh, and then there was uh, an injection of my own personal history. Um, and I created this piece called Shade and Flake um, of the breaking and making, of the making and breaking of knots. Right. So in this particular case, um, it started with the hats and then it went on to my own personal psychology and my own journey. Um, and there was a time in my life where um, I got in a real state in the head, um, felt that everything was about knots and I was in a bad way. Um, and what I realised was that I didn't need to untie them. Oh, OK. That's interesting. Melt them by spending time with nice people. Oh, yeah. Basically, I, I did loads of jobs. Um, did seven jobs in a year to get the money to get back into uni because I'd got booted out. Right. Um, and during that time, I connected with the people, the everyday working people that I met doing the jobs much better than I did with the students that I'd been doing the studying with. Um, and um, it, it, my knots my got melted rather wow. than having to be untangled and unraveled. Um, so in this piece, you've got um, Shade is the maker of knots. And one of his lines is, um, I, I mean, I, I try never to um, to perform these two pieces separate. I would never perform Shade without Flake being after it, because Shade is a very dark piece. It's, um, it's an embodiment of um, malice in a way. Um, and... Um, it's all about darkness and despair. But then Shade Flake, um, the line in Flake is, um, in the breaking of knots, therein all darkness is dispelled. Every snowflake is a tiny cathedral. Um, oh, that's that's lovely. And you know what that reminds me of, as you're talking about that then, that reminds me of, of, of magic, because magic is the balance of light and dark. You know, right. I think it is. It's it's that chasm between, you know, crossing over. That's how we balance our light and our dark, um, because everybody's got a shadow side, haven't they? And um, but like, as you say, that's a lovely way, a lovely perspective of, um, you know, the, the whole melting knots rather than having to untangle them. Because who said that knots were made out of a material that couldn't be melted? Who said that, do you know what I mean? Great, it doesn't great, have to, great. it's, yeah. Well, the, the flake, the, the flake, uh, by the way, I could talk a lot more about this because I have some other work that relates to this. But um, right at the end of this centerpiece, there's um, a character that I used to call the Bardic Brigadier, which I am now going to call the Shaman Drake. <laughs> which is an, which is a 
a widdly thing where you whittle around the letters in a word. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, a- acronym. Yes. Is that an acronym? Well, yeah. An acronym. I think it's a something it's, else in the word. It might be. An, an al- no. It's where you mix some letters around to get a different yes. word. Yeah, it's that it, thing. We'll think acronym, of the name before the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's, um, and basically, um, at the end of this little bit, um, the shaman drake um, uh, uh, says, Our knots shall break and be by the medicines of laughter and melted by the warmth of gentle's love. Oh, yeah, nice. That's how it ends. That's how. And let's say that that's, this is quite an analogy for this centerpiece that I've described, where you've got, um, you've got the beginning, and the, the beginning uh, of this centerpiece is with the shaman drake addressing the tribe around the fire. Uh, Hark, gather thee here, for I have stories of our troubled times. Um, from out two hats the brothers crept to jewel upon the life of knots entwined. So know we well how through the darkness past the tormented writhings of our minds. Hark, gather thee, uh, quicken thee, for here commence the telling of our song. Be seated here around the flames where spirits dance among uh, the tongs, where wool shall fear the sparks of spears, where wives and mothers shed their tears. Um, and how the strength of words shall lead us through our years. So this is um, this is a leader or a, a shaman figure or a bardic figure helping the tribe through the winter, and then the story is told of these two characters and about the crystal, the beginning. It's a mythology. It's it's a creation myth. Yeah, it's yeah, it's lovely. What what um, album is that on? Because you've got eight this albums on Bandcamp, haven't you? Well, um, I think I've probably got nine collections on there. Right. Okay. Um, I would, they're not all albums some of them are eps yeah and um this is called footprints from a tribal id okay and that was a fairly early early creation was Two, it 2014 2014 is when, is when i managed to get the album finished and launched wow i must listen to that must it was three years in the mix yeah yeah how long did it take you to create your latest album the one that you bought out in 21 which is the acoustic album you were talking well, about earlier recorded it in two weeks did you really we mixed it in two weeks because that was a completely different uh uh concept to the uh footprints from a tribal lid footprints from a tribal lid was choral texturing it came from the use of loop machines originally one day i got back after i'd been uh, touring I've done about two weeks of intensive singing, uh, playing and singing. But the other voice, I got back. My voice wasn't knackered. It was in a, it was in good, strong condition. Yeah. Where in my lower uh, range, I had resonance. That's what happens when I sing a lot. I get yeah. It. You can hear when you hit, when you speak to somebody who sings a lot. You can hear it in their speaking voice because they've got resonance when they dip down. Yeah. That comes from, I, I believe, that comes from working your voice a lot. Um, and um, so I got back and my voice was like that. And I just got Loop Machine out and I just went whack. And all, yeah. these, all these mixes came out, all these genres and mixes came out. And I kept that. And then I built a whole album out of that. But when I recorded them, I didn't use the Loop Machine. I did every, every single track separately and treated each element of the choral texturing uh, in a different way in the mix. Now, um, in one of the pieces, uh, "Rolling Downhill to the Bright, Sum- uh, Bright Summer Song," two hundred voices, and um, 
There are 200 uh, voices in some parts of it, and then the Uillian pipes come in and the sun rises. And basically in this piece, I've got an image of these Stone Age people pulling the sun up over the horizon with big ropes, like they're pulling stones at Stonehenge. Oh, brilliant. Um, and, and the Uillian pipes kick in, but it's 200 voices in some parts. So yeah. that was a massive mix. Took a yeah. massive amount of time to work out, work on. Whereas in um, the latest album, uh, it's called Magic Path. Um, and that um, is, that took about two weeks to record, but the songs have been, they're acoustic songs. Uh, most of them are just an the trez guitar or another guitar and voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but that the the whole range of different um, ways in which you express your your you know musical ability, whether that's through the voice or what different instruments you use or the format that you use for it, um, all of it seems it's typically sort of bardic because you try the bard transports people through their stories through their songs through their poems and just the way you talk about your music and each song i mean you you know it begins to happen and i haven't even heard them do you know what i mean i mean mm. you're transporting me somewhere else you know and i think that is a real gift i think it's a real gift um and to me that's magic that is magic happening do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know what your sort of idea, what's your idea of magic? Magic is such a personal, unique energy, isn't it? What, 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 what's magical to you? Um, um, you uh, when we, when I met you the other uh, day in the Fairy Festival, you told me I, you were going to ask me about my connection with magic. So I did <laughs> do a little bit of thinking about it and re, uh, did a okay. little bit of YouTube videos about um, people's ideas of magic so um, I would um, if, let's say if I put magic in the middle of mm. this let's so, say we've got a diagram visually and I put magic in the middle and then I'd put art on one side science on the other side I'd put self myself at bottom I'd put uh, people at the top on this diagram right now um, so my idea of, of magic I mean, there's the magicianship. I'd say magicianship, which is your stage magician. Now, I'm not saying that's magic. I'm, I'm uh, saying that's outside of this discussion. Here sort of sleight of hand, that kind yeah, of magic. Yeah. Of but I do use sleight of hand in some of the uh, stuff that I do on stage. Do you? Yes, I do. Um, not as a magician, but I think it relates to that. Yeah. I think where what I do on stage relates to the magic. Yeah. Um, in the centre of this circle is, for example, with self, it relates to the deep focus. Um, a connection possibly with my subconscious. If um, people believe in channeling, um, I'm open to the notion of that, then that is where it happens with me. Um, I did some Reiki. Um, I feel on the metaphysical level, I feel that I can... Um, uh, experience energies in some places and I can generate some energies. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens during performances, particularly with one of the songs that I described to you, which was Flake. Flake's theme, uh, where I build up this big chord texture and then deliver that poem. 
And at the end, he melts away. What we're talking, uh, okay, I don't want to, I'll try and focus in on the magic stuff. Um, um, Just one thing I'd like to say with self, magic and myself, um, if you, I read a definition of magic which says, um, which was along the lines of uh, trying to, using the will uh, to try to affect a change. Yeah. Uh, and on a very personal level, um, when I stopped boozing, because I had a drink problem, um, I used a tool and I managed to affect a change in myself. I've never relapsed. Um, 17 years ago, I stopped boozing. Oh, well done. Um, but the way I did it was there's the story of... Um, the Indian grandfather with the two with his grandchild, and he's talking to the to grandchild about the two wolves inside him, and this relates to the dark and the light that we were talking about earlier. Of course, um, he's saying, you know, one wolf, wolf is, for example, anger, vengeance, and malice, and the other wolf is uh, kindness, love, and calm, and they're they're constantly at war with each other. And the grandchild's really worried, and he says, "Grandfather, I'm really worried. Which one's going to win?" And he, the grandfather, says, "The one that I feed." Mm. yeah i love that story i love it i love, <laughs> I love it. it too it's great isn't it yeah it's just brilliant it's just like it says it all mm. yeah so when i stopped my boozing i think it's the case with many people who have experienced an addiction and that's a battle with it you need to deal with the things that were causing you to have that habit in the first place mm. because you don't have the escape from it anymore and um, so I found that I was um, annoyed. I get annoyed. I would get annoyed with stuff quite easily. And um, there were people in my environment. I was just trying to create. I, I turned to my music for catharsis originally, and then this whole thing started developing as I went out on the open mic scene and uh, discovered these things that I didn't realise I could do. And I then began doing. But what I found was that there were some people who. Um, were still battling with their addictions and unfortunately didn't um, take easily to the idea that somebody else had managed to conquer theirs and was getting on with stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd get, they'd be wind, trying to wind me up a bit. So what I, what I did was um, instead of getting annoyed and angry, what I'd do immediately was do something positive. The moment, the moment I felt that um, I was starting to feed my dark wolf, fed my light one yeah brilliant as as and i made that i forced myself to do that every time it happened yeah that's great awareness that's that's really good awareness of because some people many people in fact i can safely say aren't even aware of when they start to react in that kind of way you know because a lot of negative energy is reactive, isn't it? We react, we, 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 we are, whatever triggers us, you know, we can become angry very quickly. Oh. We can become, you know, um, irritated quickly. You know, oh. these are reactions. And, and to me, that's that kind of fiery element, that volatility. Um, um, but what you're talking about, that sort of, is transformation of the self to come from a state of, being aware of what's making you ill what isn't good for you mm. to knowing that you need to make those changes in order to get over to the light side 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's transform that's transformation that is magic I, 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 you know at the end of the day when you pare it all down magic is about change magic is about transforming from one state into another yeah. regardless of what that state is it's it's about change you know so you're talking about that magical process of working that on yourself so you know there you this, are as a magician it's what i um it, i saw i kind of saw a connection with what i'd seen in the definition of people trying to by will trying yeah. to affect change but i used a tool yes and uh, possibly is it the case that in some forms of magic people use use tools they use rituals they use oh yeah there's loads uh, of tools archetypes that yeah, uh, they yeah. anchors it's, it's at the end of the day it, though at the end of the day though ash it's all frills you know it, it's all frills because if you've got a sound strong mind you know and you don't need any of those you know which i think you've just kind of explained really because you worked on yourself you did the spade work and clearly music was a great healer for you because I, I i feel the same about music as well you know music to me has been my um one of my great healing therapies yeah <laughs> um, I, I i think um it um the catharsis was my original go-to place with the music so yeah. that was a kind of rescue remedy if you like uh, I, I started singing, I learned Vincent, the song Vincent. And I just, I sang that. Yeah, I sang that. And um, that was my way of expressing some emotion. And it gave me some catharsis. And then I went on to, uh, to discover these other things, which was fun. Because I couldn't, when I, when I was in these contexts that were over serious, you know, it's like, um, uh, it's like you just want to do a big fart and it's, you know what I mean? And just, because I'm a Mancunian originally, I was telling you earlier, I'm a Manc. And like our, our humour is quite, um, you know, it's one of the funniest things in school is when somebody let a big trump go in the middle of assembly and, you know, some, some girl would lean over to one side and trump and the old players, they'd all be like just unable to stop giggling for the rest of the assembly. <laughs> one of my best memories but um, yeah. so you know being in these contexts where people were really being serious i couldn't resist a bit of mischief so um I'd, and I'd, i think i think that's that's another great way of sort of that's manipulate not manipulating but sort of playing with energy i mean i know that when i'm writing if i'm writing a story and mm -hmm. um and it all gets a bit serious you yeah. know like because we what what you've been talking about is is you know it can get it's heavy serious stuff isn't it it can get a bit heavy we're talking about deep psychology addictions and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then but i i'm a bit like you if i feel like oh no i've been in this for too long i've got to lighten it up then yeah. i'll do so i'll bring some humor to the story you know I'll, yeah. I'll and i just yeah. naturally feel that i've got to do that i've got to lighten yeah. the mood that light and shade you know um which brings me to your the next song that we're going to play yeah. Um, because it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this one. Um, my mouse snores. Yeah, this one. I, I recorded. Tell me this. the story about that. <laughs> I recorded this um, acoustic instrument. It's called uh, the Mandrake Trezolin. It's I'm, I created these instruments during lockdown. Because uh, anyway, 
And um, so I recorded it and I recorded this riff and I was really pleased with my performance of the riff. I thought, yeah, that's going to be great. I've got it. I've nailed it. And then I listened back to it and my dog, Stella, was staffy. <laughs> Stella, my dog, my staffy dog, was snoring all the way through it and you could hear it in the background. So it, it you know, it was it. And what I ended up doing was writing this song called My Mouse Snores. And, and so that, <laughs> this is what came out of it. This is a track. I had a girlfriend once who shot the deepest caves on earth with snores like rusty bellows, sound waves braced with girth. I just could not sleep. I stuffed my ears with dough and lay in the baking sun for a month in the hope that the bread would grow. Tell her came the kind advice from friends with spells and magic mice. That's right. One of them had a mouse that could sleep in the pillow of a snoring wife. I thought, what's the point of that, you daft div? That's not going to help me sleep, is it? But I decided to try it for a year and a day. The only thing is, the mouse never slept. It just whispered in my ears, run away with me, run away with me to distant shores. Look, I've got these mighty rowing sticks. Come with me to the riverbank where my boat is safely moored. We went speeding down the river Nile, played tricks on hungry crocodiles, scaled the finks and danced in tombs. Wore steampunk goggles, did a sonic boom. And all was sweet. My ex found a man who snored louder than her and they rumbled together in glee. Their seismic waves, least ghosts from graves, brought mountains to their knees. Me and my mouse bought a mansion in Crete, with garden rows and a pond. I built it a pretty gondola, and I sang it beautiful songs. Go on, Ben, give me some. came that fateful day when I caught my mouse asleep. It snores like ten-ton buffaloes, does farts that knocks down doors. The simple truth I need to tell you all is this. My mouse snores. So what kind of response, Ash, have you got or do you get when you do that live? I haven't do done that live yet. I haven't oh, done, you haven't that done live. it live? No, I do other stuff live. Something <laughs> funny Something funny that I do live yeah. is I get people to sing the Spotty Botty song. <laughs> What's that about? But it's about when, you know, when, uh, when we had this uh, pandemic coming along and everybody um, ran out immediately and bought all the toilet paper oh, in the, right, in the yeah. supermarket. Yeah, and put it in their lofts or in their cellars, and you know, and well, and so it's a it's dedicated to those people, and it's a song that I wrote using the tune of um, "I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty, I'm da -da 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 -da. I think it's from not South Pacific, it's from West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story. So, um, and it, this is all my body, spotty body, 
It's so beautiful it is a dream. Oh, my body, lovely jubbly, especially when it is clean. So it's a celebration of all those people who went out and bought all the bog roll. And basically, <laughs> when you get a whole bunch of people, a whole room of people, a whole you know field of people singing that, it's really funny. Yeah. And they, now, this is, this is about um, where um, possibly uh, magic, uh, my notion of magic, connects with people. Right. Um, because um, basically, I, I take them on a journey. Um, if I throw a bit of, you know, I talked earlier about having art and science on either side of this magic. Yeah. So yeah. on the science side, I was because I was an educationalist for quite a while. Um, you've got syllabus design and you've got your methodology, the way you teach people, but you've also got the way you organize all the information. Right. So when I do a set, I use my idea of syllabus design, of, of organising information. So I'll put songs in a certain order and I'll take people on a journey through different emotions. And all the time, I'll be trying to connect with them. So, yeah, we know about that situation. So, yeah, OK, there may be some dark stuff. We've all had dark stuff. Connect with that bit in people. Connect with um, humour. Connect with... Um, with beauty, uh, connect with people's desire to be entertained in terms of seeing something which is technically difficult, which is another kind of magicalness, where somebody does something that's outside the realm of uh, what people would normally be able to do. If you can, in whatever way, manage to do that. Yeah, try to do it. Try to make them go, yeah, try to make them go, wow, that can be with loop machines. It can be by practicing a guitar piece so much that, you know, you manage to get it to get something that's uh, you feel it might be magnificent to w whatever abilities you have to do that okay so connect with people in all those ways but then give them a chance to be a big kid yeah <laughs> give, be, give them a chance to to be really really silly and let all of that out whatever it is out so in a way it's a kind of therapy yeah. i don't see myself as a therapist i'm an entertainer but on this journey that I take people along, at the end, I try and give them a chance, uh, try and give them permission to be a big kid. Yeah. Lovely. And if at the end of it, somebody says, no, I haven't laughed that much in a whole in, in ages, you know, mm. and it's been, I've had a really difficult time and I've laughed so much today and my cheeks are aching. Then that's the result. <laughs> that's the result. And, but it's not, you can't, you can't just... Okay, it works better if you take people on a journey first. That's my experience. Yeah. Now, these two songs that we've played so far, they're, they're songs that I've chosen, yeah. right? Is there a particular track, a, fa a favourite track that you've got that you would like to include uh, in this? I like Pumpkin Brains. Um, it's another one that I sent to you originally, but um, it's um, it's got... Um, Oh, the guy who used to play with Gong um, uh, on violin, Graham Clark playing violin on it. So anyone who's a Gong fan will recognise the flavour of Gong in there through the violin. And this guy called Mendy Singh, who's an incredible tabla player and tunes these tablas. So he actually he actually worked through these different um, parts of the song and tuned tablas especially to have them fitting in with the, the harmonic um, tapestry of, of those sections. Um, so two incredible musicians who are playing alongside on this studio track. Um, 
and uh, that's a very eccentric track. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that'd be a good one to go. Yeah, for. okay, okay. You, we'll you finish. Can find, you can find that on an album called Barons and Bananas, which <laughs> is which is on my Bandcamp. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll put all the links to yeah. what we've been talking about in the in the show notes. And um, I mean, God, we I feel like we've only scratched the surface and we it have haven't we? we've just scratched, scratched the surface. The surface. Yeah. You'll have to come back on again. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Let's do that. Um, and I mean it. <laughs> um, but where can you know, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they book you? You know, at, at the moment, Facebook, I'm sorting out a new telephone number okay. and I'll put that on. My, I don't use the fan page on Facebook. I've got one. I don't use it. It put a friend request into my Facebook account. So your so, personal profile. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Okay, to contact you, you on your personal page on Facebook. Ashman. Yes. OK. Yes. OK. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, what now? What's coming up for you? Yeah, well, I have multiple projects on the go, but I only focus on one at a time, and the others, the others take the knock, because um, I sometimes I'll just get absorbed in one thing and I'll just stay on it and on it, and I work through the day and through the night nonstop, uh, and I maybe get I can manage with about four hours of sleep, but sometimes that's what I do, and sometimes all my money and all and everything goes into the creative project, and. My priorities are all skew with compared to other people, I suppose, because um, everything else goes to uh, everything else is out the window. Yeah, everything is out, out the window. I just focus on that. Nothing else. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? From the creative point of view, I wish I could do that sometimes. But, you know, I mean, I've, there's five of us that live in this house. So I've got, you know, I've got like there's lots of roles that I play. Do you know what I mean? I'm mother. I'm dog walker i'm housekeeper <laughs> well all important things that be, that normal people do yeah it swings and roundabouts in it you can be so focused yeah. i'm sometimes so focused in that i lose out on other stuff yeah yeah it's it, again it's about balance isn't it it's about balancing that light and light and light and shade <laughs> <laughs> so what is the main project what's to hone in on one project that you've got coming up that you're looking forward to, you know, join join the doing. join the lockdown. I produced eight oh. guitars that are related by design with each other, um, and different. You made eight guitars. Eight guitars. So good God. Okay. Really? If I explain them very very briefly, let's say I'll do it by analogy to a recipe. Okay. Let's say you've got four vegetables. You've got um, you've got a cabbage. Uh, top left-hand corner, you've got a cabbage. Top right-hand yeah. corner, you've got carrot. Um, bottom uh, right-hand corner, you've got an apple. Uh, bottom left-hand corner, you've got a strawberry. It's not a vegetable. All oh, right, well, let's imagine they're vegetables. You've got a strawberry, yeah, no, okay. you've got okay, a okay. strawberry in the left-hand corner, a vegetable <laughs> called strawberry. <laughs> now, now what you need to do, what you need to Get do. Get these vegetables back into life. What you need to do is now make make a dish using a combination of the ones which are next to each other and we'll, yeah. so you've got a cabbage strawberry dish right? oh. it's gorgeous isn't it and then you've got a carrot um cabbage dish at the top and you've got a carrot apple dish on the side and then right at the bottom you've got a combination between an apple and a strawberry now right. so 
now replace all those um, vegetables, <laughs> all those vegetables with guitars. So you've got a single concept guitar, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. Now combine the features of those guitars to make a hybrid guitar at the top, wow. the far left, the far right, and the bottom. That's what I did yeah. with the guitars. The project is called Mandrake Dynasty. I took two types of tres guitar, two types of bass guitar uh, as the single concept guitars, and I made hybrids. Right. right. So now I've got the inenviable in task of having to turn it into music. <laughs> so right. I've got this massive project where I'm working all those guitars in combinations with each other to get the new sound. Okay. So that's what I'm working on. That's one one project. I've got an yes. equally massive project going off where I use all the bases together. Where another project where I use all the trezes together, another project where I use the trez bass hybrids together. Okay. And are you talking about this is a preparation for like your gigs? Are you, are you going to be bringing these into initially, playing? Or? Initially, these are, stu these are studio projects which will, okay. in some gotcha. form or other, work their way into the live performances. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Ash. That this has been. This has been. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah, great. Thanks stuff. for coming on. Thanks um, for coming on the Witch Wavelength. And you know, for somebody who, you know, does isn't a pagan, and you know, I mean, you are. You know, you do lead a magical life. You know, so interesting. And um, there's so many other ways that I wanted to connect with what you'd said, the things you'd said, and could have. Yeah, we'd have to have a proper, a really good conversation sometime. We will do. We will do. Yeah, definitely. But what I'd like to to fade out with is um, your pumpkin brains. <sighs> well, we don't want to fade that out. I don't. Want to, but I want to play it. So, yes. can you introduce that? And I'd just like to say thanks so, so much for coming on. Yes. Um, anybody that's been listening, please go and check out ash's website the links will be in the show notes his music there'll be all, all the the albums and eps and everything's on Bandcamp. um and please if he's playing in your area you've got to go and see him because it's an experience yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant um so yeah we will catch up again ash but yeah can you introduce your your last track please yes as we leave, as you leave the stage, exit. <laughs> Pumpkin Brains is a song that I wrote because I was inspired by growing uh, 26 varieties of squash on my allotment when I stopped thinking <laughs> and I needed to do lots of digging to sort myself out. And um, oh. I made a hat um, that took 250 hours called the Prehistoric Vampiric Pumpkin Bud. Um, and uh, you can see that on uh, my website, ashmandrake.com. And it's it's under another category called Mandrake Hats. And um, you open it up inside and it's got loads of intricate detail inside it too. Uh, Pumpkin Brains um, is rather eccentric and it features some of the beauty that I uh, experienced looking at my pumpkins when I discovered them after coming back from a little tour. Excellent. Let's hear Pumpkin Brains and we'll see you very soon, Ash. I really Thanks enjoyed for coming it. Take on. care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Behold the rain.
Like drops of silver metal feeding pumpkin brains. Yes! Their rides are vine, rustling leaves and tingling spines. Breathing up as sigh, pushing forth its daughters.
Well, there you go. That was Ash Mandrake and Sheena having a good old chat. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what do you think of all that then, Sheens? I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Ash. We had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it always goes so quickly... My chats to our guests, I and know. Um, yeah, before you know it, it's like blam blimey, it's like an hour or so later. I know. And I, 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 yeah, I, I look around when I'm sort of editing, and I think, <laughs> oh, look, hang on, Shane, we talked, we 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 talked about this before, and sort of said, oh no, keep it, keep it to keep half it an short. hour, th- keep it short, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, I think this, it, it just goes to show that the. Your guests that you have on are so interesting to talk to that you just, you know, want to know so much about them. They've all got so much to tell and they're all totally sort of different. It's just amazing. They are. Really. They yeah, are. Just and, and the thing is, you know, um, what interests and intrigues me the most is how magic expresses itself in in their lives. Yes. Yeah. And it does. And, you know, it it just goes to show you don't have to you don't have to call yourself a witch or a pagan or be anything yeah you know um stand under any kind of label exactly um because magic is available to us all and we all experience it in different ways yeah and i think as well it's interesting sort of listening to um when your guests do answer the questions they all sort of answer them in slightly sort of different ways but it makes them think as well yeah you know it makes them think and you know if it opens them up to you know perhaps a different way of looking at things then that i think that's fantastic I think my intention always is to give our listeners that experience of diving deep with with people. Yeah. You know, and I I think, you know, let's face it, when you're chatting to anybody, um, you don't find out about them in a couple of minutes. No. Do you? You only find out by sort of spending time with people. That's right. And... um, Go yeah. Under, go undercover. <laughs> Learn all up about them. Up close and personal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like. I like to get up yeah. close and personal with people. Okay. Anyway, so that that was brilliant. What else have we got coming up, Sheena? Well, I'd just like to say, remember you can um, check out Ash Mandrake's website. That's ashmandrake.com. And, you know, do check him out. Go and see him. He's brilliant. And... Yeah, my email is um, sheenacundy at gmail.com. So any feedback on this episode or anything else, any suggestions for any future ones, we'd love to hear from you. Um, My website is sheenacundy.com. You can find out about my books. They're all on there. And the music, Ian? Yes, morriganspar.bandcamp.com. Com. <laughs> it's all on it's all on there two albums a few little snippets as well you know so yeah and we've got a gig coming up haven't we we have 29th the 29th of october uh sawain witches market during the day which is 10 30 till 4 30 and the masked ball which we're playing at in the evening um, and that's at kelverdon institute, institute yeah in essex i'll put the links in the description and um, that's about it for this week, eh? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going forest bathing. We are going forest bathing we'll let you this know. weekend. We shall let you know all about that, <laughs> listeners, how we get on. Ian won it. At, uh, no, was given it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
at your retirement do, weren't you? At Prezi, yeah, yeah. At Christmas time. So we're going to go and experience a bit of forest bathing. (laughs) 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 And, uh, yeah, we can talk about that next time. That'll be good. In the meantime, everybody, thank you for listening. And um, we hope you enjoyed that. We're sending lots of magic your way. Take care of yourselves. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye now. you're stewing don't stray far from the hearth place not while you are brewing a little bit of this and a little bit of that is what you want now throw into the middle and it will work out somehow mix it up together stir the madness round and round lady crawl and me your feather We are bound Once upon a time The story goes Look between the covers Will me Nerva And her bow Ever be true lovers A little bit of this And a little bit of that Is what they want Now throw into the Somehow.